everyone! That's this a very musical yeah. hello. Yeah. You weren't even gonna let me say hello. Cause, okay, we talked, no, no, no. We talked about this last time that I'm supposed to give you enough time to put the mouse down. Right. And say, hello, this is Holly. Oh. So I didn't get to do what you asked <laughs> me to do. Well, it's because you started singing right off the bat. God, what's the problem with that? Anyway, this is Daniel. And this is Holly. And you're listening to Halfway Saints. I opened it up for you to say it. I know, but... Okay. Oh my gosh, we are off to a great start. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but welcome. Welcome to our podcast. Which is called Halfway Saints. <laughs> Jeez. Hey, it's not my fault you keep doing it wrong. Oh my gosh, shut <laughs> up. No, 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 no. Anyway, but welcome to everyone, uh, mm-hmm. especially new listeners. Welcome. Otherwise, sure. they will not feel welcome. Oh. It's like someone walks into your house and you don't even say anything to them. It's exactly like you that. You just keep going on with your conversation. Welcome to any new listeners. See? There we go. Oh, my gosh. Um, we hope everyone's have it. everyone has had a great week. We had a very productive weekend this weekend. Mm-hmm. We, after... I want to say about nine months. Many of, months. Uh-huh, a long time uh, of talking about it. We finally bought a couch for our basement. It's so it's the stairs to our basement go off of our kitchen and it's very narrow. So we Super couldn't. Super duper narrow. We couldn't just get any couch. We'd have to have one that would fit down the stairs. So that's either a small couch or one from like Ikea that comes in a box. Mm-hmm. Because so even small couches are Are high. still hard, yeah, because yeah, it's it's very narrow. Mm-hmm. And um, the corner has to go through is really narrow, too, like from the kitchen and right. down the stairs. So it's we were limited. So then we finally found one, and then it just took us forever to, like, coordinate, like... Because we don't have an SUV. Right. So getting a friend... No, it was dumb. It was not, like, a while to coordinate. It was a while to... It took us a while to ask okay. if we could... And then at the... Literally, on Tuesday, I asked them, and then on Saturday, we went and picked it up. Okay, we still have to coordinate asking them. There's oh, a my lot gosh. Of, a, lot of, <laughs> a lot of moving parts and logistics to, to no. get it hammered up. It took us forever to get a couch down here. But we finally got one. We finally did it. We pulled the trigger and did it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's wonderful. It's so nice. It makes it so much homier. Yeah. We can't... We're not... Well, we're looking at the couch now. We're not sitting on it because <laughs> it's not near our computer, but... But... Um, what we used to have were two seats, like chairs. Or chairs. Two chairs sitting next to each other in front of the TV. And it just was, like, you don't think, you don't believe this, but it was affecting our relationship. (laughs) And last night, after we were done watching our episode of Prison Break, we talked for, like, 45 minutes. Just, we just chatted. For the first time in a long time. And you think it's because of the couch? I do not think. I know it is because (laughs) of the couch. Because you don't have conversations in two seats next to each other facing forward. Um, Tell that to every talk show ever. They're facing each other. No. Not like on like Letterman or something. They're all facing the audience. They face each other a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yes, they do. Mm -hmm. Yes, they do. Anyway. (laughs) The couch. It's... It's great. It is great. We're very thankful yeah. that we finally bought it. And we have a couple of other home improvement. I just 
soccer season just ended, so I don't have to coach anymore. So I have all this free time now. Woo! Do you know so, something at four every day instead of six? It's great. Or like 6.30 Sundays. Ugh, that's um, terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but, so yeah, we have all this free time, so all these projects I've been putting off. I now have no more excuses for not no, doing them. So you gotta I'm do it. Having to do them. But I, I actually enjoy it. Yeah. And I'm excited for you to do them. Yep. Just put on a podcast and go work outside. Yep, you're going to go listen to us, aren't you? No. <laughs> yeah, right. I haven't listened to us in a long time. Oh, I cool. Used to, well, I used to listen to them to like make sure that we were clear and mm-hmm. to learn from my mistakes. <laughs> now we've just given up. Well, now it's just... You get what you get. I just second guess myself way too much. And yeah. I like I nitpick myself and it was affecting my self-confidence. That's why, like, I used to hate proofreading my own papers, like, in school. Oh, I love doing oh, that. Oh, I hate it. Because you just see, like, oh, it's just, I would just get frustrated and stop. Oh. Well, that's what I did with the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Great. No, this allows, it. not listening to it allows me to be a lot freer. Yeah. Because before I was, like, nitpicking myself right. too much and getting down on myself. It's probably a better strategy for podcasting than school papers where you should probably make sure you don't yeah have make any sure errors. you do it right but i only had like one or two professors who would like take off for errors i know you um kind of have a lot of typos in your papers what paper what, what? you have not read in in its entirety a single thing i wrote I... in grad school no no you haven't you tried <laughs> to read that one paper once and you fell asleep in the middle of it <laughs> Hey, to give me some credit, I was, it was a really long day at work of like manual labor. So, and then Daniel's like, hey, can you read my <laughs> 15 page paper? It was, uh, it wasn't that long. It was long. And then I fell asleep <laughs> in front of the laptop. <laughs> but, um, I, and I still just have to read chapter three of your thesis. That's it. Yeah. That's like the 30 page one. I know. It's a long one. But that's the one that I'm most excited about. No, so, it's not. It's the Moby Dick one. Yeah. Yes, that's why I'm not excited about it. But. Anyway. Anyway. So, yeah. Don't expect podcasts to improve. Because we're not. <laughs> no. No, we do. We take any feedback into account. Yeah, you Even guys got to do the work. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> we're too lazy to proofread. No, we, it's also way better to have an outside opinion. I think opinion. so. Opinion. Yeah. Opinion. <laughs> Sorry, you said. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> all that being said, um, so in the world in general, especially the past weeks, there's been a lot of, um, tragedies and a lot of really bad stuff going on in, um, in Paris especially and in Lebanon and in Mali, uh, in Mali and in Nigeria. There's just been a lot of violence and a lot of death and a lot of really terrible things. And, you know, there were the specific events this week, but there's also been ongoing um, strife, you know, in Syria, in the Middle East, and um, with ISIS kind of wreaking havoc over there in general. Um, but this week, it's been kind of, especially in um, sharp relief with the attacks in Paris and... Um, kind of the question in the United States over whether or not to accept Syrian refugees. Yeah. And there's just a lot of, um, a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. And I, 
yeah, I said it last week. I was like, I hate it. Can we pray against it? Because yeah. it's just, I mean, no, obviously no one likes this kind of thing, but it's, it's just really overwhelming right now too, because it's a lot all at once. And I think it's, I don't mean to blame the media a lot, but like, I don't think you said it on the podcast, but like we have, our parish is run by an order and their house in Iraq. Right? They don't have a house there yet. They're planning on starting one. Well, they they had something someone in in the midst of it who said like the the headlines that you're reading are like ten percent. The an archbishop from Iraq went to their like general chapter. Oh, okay. And, yeah. And said like your perception of what's going on is like just barely scratching the surface. Mm-hmm. It's this is a huge problem, and there's a lot more death than you understand. And I think that we, up until like the Paris attacks media and stuff has kind of like been putting it off and like not really capitalizing on it very much and not speaking about it because it is such hard news to to talk about but now all of a sudden it's like relevant and now we're getting it all at once and it's like i feel a little bombarded yeah which is like selfish because it's like oh poor me i'm so bombarded by terrible news but like it's the reality yeah so all of this has kind has led me recently to think about fear and especially um post 9-11 i kind of hate that term especially well like with like literature and stuff it's like become like a some sort of like critical lens like oh how do we read this novel post 9-11 oh yeah it's just yeah um but i guess sort of in the age of terrorism where that's kind of become um a comp well yeah a commonplace thing or that's when we think of like warfare violence it's usually um acts of terrorism Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily like countries invading one another anymore right like um so i've just been thinking about that and kind of just the word and there's other things too so there's acts of terrorism there's religious um persecution throughout all places not Mm -hmm. just um in the middle east um there's also just rising secularism in a lot of you know especially Especially in the united states yeah. yeah and kind of uh a falling away of long-held religious values overall. Like, mm-hmm. I think they may, they release those studies and surveys all the time, but they're always like, number of non-religious in the United States increases. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's just a lot of negative things going on, um, especially for Christians, both mm-hmm. in the United States and around the world. So um, there's a lot to be fearful of. Because mm-hmm. another thing, like... That's going on, just to touch on it, because in America there's like the fear of, like lo- the religious freedom mm-hmm. is at stake, and also the like whole gender ideologies that are coming about that um, are affecting children mm-hmm. at very young ages. It's a it's a dangerous subject. Yeah, there's I think some people refer to it as like soft persecution. Like, yeah, it's not, exactly. They're not shooting Christians, but they are like slowly eroding. Mm-hmm. Um, values that Christians base their lives on. Exactly. Um, so that's been like going around in my mind, and I'm sure in a lot of people's minds. Um, but it it kind of made me stop and think of sort of what fear is and what it comes from. And I think it's so interesting that we throw the word terrorism ad- around all the time, but we don't stop to think like its goal is to inspire terror by definition. Well, like I was thinking about this the other day. I'm glad that you brought this up. I was like hoping, I was like, how can I talk about the word terrorism 
You Just did. ask me. I love talking about words. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> um, but terrorism, like, who coined that phrase? Do you know? Was it America or was it the terrorists? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, it's I like, feel like, you know, what it probably was, was some political figure probably used it in a speech and it mm-hmm. caught on. Right. Like That'd most be my things. guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, but how appropriate it is that it's terror? Like, terror is such an extreme, like, word to explain fear or mm-hmm. to describe fear. Um, and it's just very appropriate that they're like, just they're doing things to incite terror mm-hmm. and to in, like instill fear in our hearts. Right. It's almost, it's not just like mass violence. I just right. think it's really strange. We give it this moniker of like terror, like right. fear. And it's kind of makes it, um, not bigger than it. It makes it more menacing. Like, if someone is just trying to, like, shoot you because they don't like you or they want something you have, that it's almost like, oh, that kind of makes sense. But if they're just, like, out to wreak terror, like, right. it sort of, like, takes the limit off of it, makes it limitless. Yeah. there's This might be a little bit of a tangent. Forgive me. But, um, <laughs> the, like, in Africa when the, like, villages are stormed by big tanks full of guys with, um machine guns and stuff. <laughs> I'm very much informed by movies. Here. Right. But I don't think a lot of the, I don't think they have a lot of tanks and not tanks, like a truck, like trucks. A yeah. Truck, yeah. Like that kind of thing is fairly commonplace. I don't know. I don't think it's fairly commonplace. It happens. But it, ha- yeah, it, it happens. happens. But would they, would those kind of acts be considered terrorism or are they like, those are more like, uh, like, tyranny kind of stuff i don't know <laughs> well that's the thing is that it's it's violence it doesn't matter what label you put on it yeah so i think it's interesting that we've decided to label all of this violence terrorism right because it's kind of like saying here's something you should be afraid of yes not like we're not calling it uh colonialism or expansionism or or um aggression it's just terrorism mm-hmm. which i think i'm sure a lot of probably part of the reason is to make them seem disorganized yeah, if you're fighting an the... army like you, you don't call it an attack or an offensive right. if it's terrorism it's sort of just like these people are disorganized and chaotic and wreaking fear and because it's not tied to like a certain country mm-hmm. or a certain party right. um, yeah. but yeah that's kind of one of the things that's always bothered me like even since 9-11 the like term terrorism I'm like that's so vague like I don't know what that points to mm-hmm. so like for me like in my middle school mind when I was responding to 9-11 and hearing about terrorism for the first time I like didn't understand like war on ter- terrorism mm-hmm. it like didn't really make sense to me because it right. was just this like war it's like war on poverty war on drugs yeah, but even that seems more direct, right? you know? Well, I think it's kind of um, reflective of the fact that, and I think a lot of people who criticize sort of like the quote-unquote war on terror say that it's like kind of um, not very directed and kind of all over the place. And that's, I think, if you think of it as like a war on fear, it's kind of almost impossible, you know, like if you don't have, like, a specific target, it's really hard to be successful if you don't have a measurable goal. Yes. So I think in us calling it terrorism and fear, pretty much, it kind of speaks to a sort of hopelessness mm-hmm. that we just don't... It's We're afraid of it, and we're fighting it, but it's almost kind of 
obscured a little bit. This is interesting. <laughs> oh, great. You can always tell something is interesting when someone says this is interesting. Same like when someone says that's funny. Or if they're um, taking a video and I say, I just got it on video. I hate when they do that on America's Funniest Home Videos. Uh, anyway, I think that's getting away from the point. Yeah, I was sorry. just saying that um, things are today are often ter- um, framed in terms of fear, which is I think is kind of... Um, unwittingly accurate Mm. like um i don't think the people who coined those terms and used those terms were aware of just how accurate they were right um so in thinking of fear kind of um got me to ask what like what is fear like where does it come from like what yeah where does fear come from because i had always kind of held that People are just afraid of death and any other fear of like snakes or wolves or sharks is just because they don't want to die or I don't want to lose my job because then we'll be poor and then I'll have no money and can't eat and we'll die. You know, Mm -hmm. I've always thought of fear of uh, death being kind of like the most base fear you can have. Right. Um, But lately I'm thinking that's not true for a lot of people. Yeah. That people are afraid of a lot more things than just dying. I definitely think so. Um, yeah, because you can have like fear of abandonment, fear of right. But I would not for me loved. for me I would it would be like oh I'm afraid of being alone because I don't want to be alone when I die because I'm afraid of death. You know, like it always would pedal back to death. Mm-hmm. But I think with suffering, like people who are willing to kill themselves would rather die than suffer. Like they're that much more yeah. afraid of suffering or being weak or having. That's really true. <laughs> <laughs> That stopped someone in the middle of their sentence, Drew. <laughs> Sorry. Um, or they're afraid of being seen uh, as weak or in like a weak or somewhat um, indignant state. They were, you know, that's worse than death. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> can't can't say any more than that. Um, I when because we. And you'll pose this question to me before we started podcasting. And so I was thinking about it for a little bit. And I think that fear is the the distrust of the victory of the cross. That, like, mm. good won't overcome evil. Yeah, it's almost... Or accurate, more accurately, good hasn't overcome evil. Yes, I think that's true in some ways. But also, well, we'll, we'll get more into that later. Oh, um, sorry, I brought it up too early. No, no, no. I was just going to go a different direction with it. Um but before that, I wanted to, oh, point out that I've realized that fear is almost the flip side of kind of, because um, I was thinking like fear obviously ties to sin at some point. Um, and so thinking of it that way, I kind of came to the conclusion that sin is the flip side of seeking glory and power and worldliness for our own sake, because that you know, and we can kind of, that's sort of one of a cardinal sin is seeking worldly, like seeking worldly power and validation in something other than Christ. It's mm-hmm. kind of like a very basic sin. Mm-hmm. Um, and so fear can kind of be seen as the flip side of that is being afraid I won't ever achieve that. Like, why are you afraid of failure? Because we're afraid of not achieving that worldly success. Okay. I'm confused at how it's the flip side 
of seeking glory. Because you're afraid you're not going to get it. So if you're afraid of losing your job, why are you afraid of losing your job? Because I won't have any money to survive. Right. And because people look down on you and you have to provide for your family. So that puts you in a position of like poverty, powerlessness, and like um, impotence almost. Like you can't help your family. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, wanting power, money, and sort of glory are all sins of sort of arrogance and pride. Right. So is it like the fear of not attaining a goal? Yes. Yeah. I'm saying this to like go off of my like saying that it's not just fear of death. Like people are genuinely afraid of other things. Yes. Okay. And that it's people, because I think when you kind of hold up a paradigm of like sinfulness or distrust of God, it's trust in man. Yeah, definitely. So the being afraid is that you won't kind of achieve that trust in man that you want through having power, having authority. Okay. Your lip is bleeding. What? Are you serious? Did you bite it? (sighs) Hold on. Hold on a second. (laughs) All right. We're back. (laughs) Sorry. Had to do a little first aid for Holly's lip. So it's been a little chilly these days and my lips have gotten really chapped. (laughs) I've never like just had my lips split with no, not like biting it or hitting it on something. You were just sitting here and it just started... Blood started accumulating. That is so weird. It is. Oh, and it tastes... Maybe you're maybe you're thinking too hard. <laughs> <laughs> My body couldn't. It take couldn't it. handle it. Um. Anyway, what were we talking about? We we're talking about fear, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh. No, and how. Um. Yeah, you could be afraid of more than death, like I kind of previously yeah. thought, and that you can be afraid of not achieving things. Right. Um. But. So that kind of leads to another question of, is there anything we should be afraid of? Or, or like, what are we afraid of and what should we be afraid of? Like, is fear of bodily harm a legitimate fear? Mm. Mm. That's a hard Mm. question. (laughs) Well, because you want to say no, because you shouldn't have a fear of death. Right. Because death is the redemption of your soul, really. Right. Like, you should trust in that. Oh, but, I mean, (laughs) there, it's like I want to be, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I remember one of my friends one time asked me, like, we were talking about something religious. um, Quote, unquote. Quote, unquote. And they asked, what would you do if someone, like, came up to you, like, pointed a gun at you? And was going to kill you. Like, what would my response be? Like, and I, I guess I had a gun too or something. Like, how would I, oh. what would I do in like, that Like, would moment? you beat him up? Yeah, or shoot him or kill him. Like, what's the, and like, my kind of answer was like, I should have trust and faith in the Lord that if you die, that he's going to take care of you. That if, if you die in this situation? No, if you die. Wait, am I there? I'm there? Yeah, I said he pointed a gun at you. At you, Holly. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it meant like you. No, no, no. Oh, okay. Yeah, so if someone is like robbing us and points a gun at you. Oh, uh, we're together. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> okay. So I think the like correct, like if I were, you know, super holy, I would trust you in the Lord. You would let him kill me. 
rather than kill someone. Yeah. Like, I would have confidence that you would be in heaven with Jesus and that it would be okay for you to die. But I think my human reaction would be to try to protect you. Well, then comes the thing... Okay, this is going to get on a tangent. But laying we... down your life for once, like, for your friends. Yeah, and I think that's... But... Go on. You could be laying down your life, who's me, <laughs> for your friend, who's a stranger, who's pointing his gun at me. Yeah, that's true. Bada boom. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I think, and that kind of got me to think, well, like, that's why, that's why the church allows us to come back when we make mistakes and we make human decisions rather than like thinking of the Lord. Like, what do you it, mean by come back? Like, in that situation, if it happened today, I'm not 100% sure I would be like, oh, no, Holly will be fine. She can be shot. I, you know, would probably make a different decision. Yeah. Thanks. But it would be, I would be able to atone for that. Yeah. I mean, there's always forgiveness. There's right. mercy. Yeah. Right. So, but the point is, like, does fear... Um, since we don't always live with perfect faith, we sometimes are afraid, mm-hmm. and that causes us to make decisions that could potentially be sinful. Yes. So I think that was the question of is 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 fear sinful? I guess is the question I'm asking. Um. Yes, I think I say that it is always. I. I mean, you're, the point that you're just making is that, yeah, it's it's sinful, but it can be forgiven. Just like all sin. But, like, that you can atone for it. Right, but so there wouldn't be any situation where it's just not... Like, if there's a wolf and you run away, is that sinful? No. Because you have to be responsible with your life. Right. But it's not... It doesn't have to be a fearful responsibility. If you're afraid that a wolf's going to eat you... This is getting confusing in my brain. (laughs) Because it's like, there's a difference between being, like, defensive, Mm -hmm. like, protecting yourself from elements, and being, like, fearful of them. You know? You have to be aware of them. Like, that wolf has um, deadly... Teeth. (laughs) (laughs) And tensions. You say, in, uh... Oh, I forgot Potential. What I Tendencies. <laughs> deadly. What was it? Deadly, deadly tendencies. Deadly tendencies. That's another band name. For or like us. a sweet action movie. Ooh, from the 80s. with Bruce Willis. <laughs> One of those popular action stars of the day. <laughs> um, but to be aware of their... Like, there's a difference between awareness and being fearful of it. So... Do you want to know what Thomas Aquinas thinks? Uh, sure. He always knows. He's right, yeah. Uh, so St. Thomas Aquinas, the, to the best of my understanding and recollection, says that it's, it is not sinful if reason leads you to be fearful. Like, if there's a wolf. Yeah, like awareness. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I... But if, it's, if reason does not lead you to be fearful. So if you're worried that you're going to die in a plane crash, but you you know that this plane is safe and that you're going to make it there safely. Or if you are worried the house is going to burn down or someone's going to break into the house and you have no reasonable suspicion, like there's no risk of a fire, there's no, no one's going to come rob you, then that is 
sinful because yeah. you're going against reason and you're kind of worrying yourself needlessly. Exactly. Can I can I say something about Jack here? Yeah. <laughs> yes, you, like you may. Me to wait? No, go ahead. Okay. Like, okay, so Jack, as you guys know, he fell and had to get seven stitches. And then, like, literally two or three weeks later, he fell again and got a big black eye for a week mm -hmm. because he fell off of a chair right in front of me. And that led me, like, I had this, like, hour of just, like, of mental battle between, like, okay, we have to pad everything <laughs> because this child is going to hurt himself badly all the time or not. And I came to the con conclusion um, that we are not going to pad our entire house. Um, but that, like, we can't live in fear. Mm -hmm. Like, it is ridiculous for me to always be, like, on guard for, like, every single thing that could ever happen to Jack. Right. Like, there's just no way to do it, and it doesn't make sense to do it. Right. Um, because if I were to do something like that, I would miss out on all of this, like, freedom and joy that comes with, like, play. It also is a little bit of, like, trying to control yeah. what the world around you. And exactly. trying to control exactly what happens in your life. Which right, is which is impossible. Kind of usurping God's role. Mm -hmm. And so I came to the conclusion that uh, I need to jack, I need to let Jack just be free. And what happens? To a reasonable. I mean, yes, So, like, of lock the doors. Don't <laughs> leave the doors open. Tell him not to go up the stairs. Yeah. You know, but, um, yeah, to live, like, a reasonable life and not something that's, like, constantly protected. Mm-hmm. And I think also we should, we ought to fear sin. Yes. And, like, oh, falling into sin. That's the only thing you're allowed to be fearful of. Or when you asked that question earlier and I didn't know the answer. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> that's it. Well, even in the um, act of contrition... Um, you say, um, I am sorry for my sins because I dread the loss of heaven and the, f mm. the pains of hell, but, you know, and then, but most of all, because they offend you, my God, who are all good and deserve yeah. my love. So like, we ought to fear not being with Jesus and That's losing good. heaven and, you know, not, not reaching what God has in mind for us. Not in the sense of, like, not achieving our earthly potential and becoming CEO or writing this great book, right. but not, not loving Jesus and being part of his kingdom is something we should fear mm -hmm. and that we ought to. Right. Um, so what is the Christian response to fear in general? So if you're thinking, like, the world today with, like, threat of terrorism and Christian persecution, both kind of hard persecution and soft persecution, how are we to respond to it as Christians? Like in our everyday life or like as a country, politically? I think every day. I don't, I don't think neither of us are like I know, I was like, I don't qualified know to, to set foreign policy at the moment. Um, well, the, what? Well, you've been answering. I haven't been able to answer oh, my own questions. Okay. I think the... <laughs> I haven't been able to answer my own questions. <laughs> <laughs> These are discussion questions for both of us. It's not like me interviewing you. Well, I know. I felt like I was answering your questions. Go ahead. No, you didn't. You I felt did. that way because it's exactly <laughs> what you're doing. Go ahead. Um, but I think the first step is understanding what we're afraid of. So if I, yes. so there's a difference between me, like if I just don't want to go outside, it could be uh, there's a lion outside and I don't want to go out there because I don't want to get killed by a lion. 
or it could be because then I have to go to work and I don't want to go to work because I'm afraid I'm not going to be successful. Like those are two fears, but what is causing it is different. Right. So I think understanding why we're afraid. So if we're afraid, you know, terrorists are going to attack us or right. something. Are we afraid because it's happened elsewhere or are we afraid because there's you know, like a serious risk of this happening? Like there's tangible evidence that it might happen or, and like, what are we afraid of? For, like, are we afraid of dying? Are we afraid of losing our family? Are we afraid of not being there for our family? So I think understanding what we're afraid of, which a lot of people in a lot of situations aren't, they're not sure what they're afraid of. Mm-hmm. And I think even I, um, even even me, even someone like oh, me. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, but even from personal experience, sometimes I'm nervous or anxious and I don't know why. You yeah, know? you like do you just, have those Yeah, days. Where I'm just like, I'm just nervous about something and I'm not sure why, or I'm needlessly worried about, you know, this thing or like whether or not I did something right at work or whether, you know, did I make the right decision and this is that. So I think understanding what you're afraid of helps you to craft the correct response. Yeah. Well, like right now, my, when I think about like ISIS and the Parisian attacks and stuff, like my initial reaction is to like, okay, we're not going to public, like you, me and Jack are not going to concerts. We're not going to big like crowd gatherings, like, you know, those kinds of things because Mm -hmm. there's risk of um, terrorist attack, you know? And like, I think that's what a lot of people's first reaction would be. And I think that that, the root of that is just, is a fear of death. Mm -hmm. Like that is actually where a fear of death comes in. But I think that we need to conquer that fear by just realizing that like, that death is, like, not be afraid of death by trusting in God and trusting in his promises and in his kingdom and that it is awaiting us after death. But also um, to trust the secure, like, our security in America and all of that and to not, I don't know, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I got a little caught up in my own words. (laughs) I think, um, again, like, using reason, like, to a reasonable degree should trust not not yeah should, we should there's some things we can't account for you know like a freak accident a car accident that you have no control over we can't we can't worry about those because they're out of our control exactly it's kind of like what i talked about in the death podcast that like i used to be so afraid of you dying all mm-hmm. the time and you just have to relinquish control mm-hmm. like what i was saying about jack like you just gotta like let it go like chance like this sure if you have like a credible source that says that there's going to be an attack on this uh soccer game that you're going to go to or whatever maybe you shouldn't go but if there's no no risk and there's it's like a normal everyday thing like you just got to keep living your everyday life or else Mm -hmm. you're going to get consumed and you just have to let it go and you have to just trust in the lord and if you are unfortunately caught in some kind of attack then you have to, like, um, trust in his promises and in his kingdom, like I was saying. And I think if you look at the consequences and then look what, look at what Jesus says about those consequences. So if you're f- afraid of death, look at what Jesus says about death. You know, he says, you know, death is not the end. He, Jesus has conquered death. And it's, you know, 
it's kind of the gate through which we must all pass to be with Jesus. Mm -hmm. So if death is what you're afraid of, Jesus says, don't be afraid of death. Um, Before I forget, they talked about it on Three Dogs North last week in their Bravery podcast, which Mm -hmm. Bravery keeps like knocking on my door. I don't know why. They, I've just seen a bunch of stuff about bravery. What? That phrase was normal. <laughs> no, <laughs> okay. <go ahead. laughs> um, but they said that God is the God of, like, the present. Mm-hmm. And Satan tries to take control of the past and the future. And he takes the past to say, like, you'll never overcome this. You're never going to get pa- past the things that you've done. And this is who you are. And this is who you'll always be. And in this case, where it's relevant here... Satan takes the future where he's like, you like never go outside because there's evil out there or yeah. your, your future is unknown. And he like takes, right. he takes that fear of the unknown and, uh, uses it against you. Uses it again. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, but I, I had that and I okay. didn't right. want to forget no, it. No, duly noted. <laughs> um, so going, going back to knowing what you're afraid of and what Jesus response to that is. Like, if you're afraid of death, Jesus says, don't be afraid of death. If you're afraid of failure, Jesus tells us, you know, failure in this world or success in, you know, in the kingdom of God looks like failure in this world. Or if you're afraid of being powerless or looking weak, Jesus tells you weakness and powerlessness in this world translates to greatness and glory in the next one. Right. So I think any fear we have can be we just look for what to what Jesus tells us about that mm-hmm. like there's nothing that we're afraid of that Jesus hasn't told us we will like overcome right well and i think that like Amer- especially american christianity has been very like watered down over the past centuries where like in the especially prosperity gospel f- spreading around mm-hmm. which is ugh, just so annoying but um it's just been telling us that like no like life with christ is great and you're gonna live this really happy life and you're gonna have this pretty home and everything is gonna be really nice and joyful but christ talks about persecution all the time Mm -hmm. and he says like um in mark hold on let's see what my notes say somewhere in chapter 10 yeah mark 10 he says like there's no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel who will not receive a hundredfold of those things just to save time. Um, that, and he adds in with persecution, with persecutions and in the age to come. So like you'll get these things all the way, like all back when you belittle yourself and follow the Beatitudes and all of mm-hmm. that. But you will have persecutions. Right. And that is to come. Like, mm-hmm. that is not to be ignored. And so I think that he warns us for it and he equips us for it as well. Mm-hmm. And that we should not be afraid of it. And we should just attack it kind of um, with our heads. <laughs> what is the phrase? Head on. <laughs> yeah. attack. attack it with our heads. <laughs> Attack it head on and be in the present day and fight for good and fight for Christ and truth and mm-hmm. for his. And not to let fear um, grip us and and take a hold of us because irrational, mm-hmm. irrational 
unreasonable fear comes from Satan. Mm -hmm. It does. It causes us to doubt ourselves and to doubt God's love and God's mercy and God's ability to help us through things. Which Um, in uh, 1 John 4, verse 18, he says, perfect love casts out all fear. mm -hmm. So perfect love, which is Christ and love for Christ, uh, should just eradicate all fear. Mm-hmm. Right. But I mean, obviously it's, it's a struggle, but and I think if you seek, if you seek that per- perfect love, then you'll, it will be easier to overcome fear. Right. And I think going back to my point about, um, if someone came up to you and held a gun in your face, like, what would I do? Like, there are going to be times when we are afraid and we don't act as we should. But I think the beautiful thing about the church and how Christ created it is, it's sort of built knowing that humans are going to be inhabiting it. Yeah. Like there are, well, I'm, I, I get worried sometimes that we're like on this podcast, like all you have to do is do this. All you have to do is be perfect. Don't worry <laughs> about it. So I feel the so need to, easy. So I feel I need to say that like, we're not, we're expected to, to strive for greatness, but there, there is recourse to, um, reconciliation when we fail. Yes. Because we will fail. Right. And don't lose hope. Mm-hmm. Like, right. don't be over-scrupulous for not being perfect. You have to know that there's hope and there's forgiveness. And if you look at um, St. Peter, he is terrified when Jesus is yeah. crucified and denies him three times. Even after Jesus says, hey, you're going to deny me three times. And he's like, no, I'm no not. Way. I'm just talking about. No way. And he's so scared he does it. But then Jesus comes back to him and allows him to redeem himself. First um, Pope, guys. <laughs> no big deal. Um, and now whenever I think of like fear, I always think of, uh, St. John Paul II, who constantly, constantly said, mm-hmm. do not be afraid to like open wide the doors to Christ. And I think it's, especially coming from him who was like whole life or whole like youth was persecution right. and secrecy. secrecy and like being afraid and like living in a state of fear. Yeah. But he was able to overcome that and not live in fear and learn to put his hope and his trust in Christ and to see when someone is able to do that the great things that he's able to accomplish like this guy who had to be ordained in secret for fear of like the communist government however many years later comes back to that same government and is the pope the leader of the church that Christ founded Mm -hmm. and he is not afraid of these people and And he killed his parents right I don't know if his it's definitely his fam- some of his family members were killed. I don't know if it was specifically his parents. Mm. Um, I saw a thing about comparing him to Batman. That <laughs> <laughs> I thought it said something about his parents. Um, yeah, I think his parents died when he was younger. But I don't know if they were necessarily killed in the war or by okay. the military. We're going to get emails. but We are. Um, but yes, yeah, so that's just how we ought to live. Because um, looking at St. John Paul II... Pope St. John Paul II. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard for me to say just St. John Paul. Um, to look at his life, like, you just look at his life, and I just, like, at the moment, just want to, like, scream, like, victory. Mm-hmm. And, like, victory is, like, so overwhelmingly obvious for him. Where, like, in the moment, it's so hard to get those, like, little victories to, like, overcome those little fears. But once you get to, like, the, like, bigger picture, and you're, like, fighting for, like, the for like real Jesus like it's just it's just true victory which is just really mm-hmm. exciting and I always think it's interesting that 
now in kind of like as like the veneration of St. John Paul II grows, there's a lot of pictures of him as a young man. Mm-hmm. Whereas like he, I think the pictures of him like being old and ill kind of almost say more to his kind of strength and his um, like authentic masculinity mm. and sense of hope and trust in the Lord that like he, his death was near and he's still like trying to live out his role and fulfill the ministry of Peter. Mm-hmm. And that like, he was, he just wasn't afraid at any point, even like approaching death. Mm-hmm. He just was constant. And it's not through him. It's through Christ working through him. Exactly. So open door, open wide the doors to Christ. Oh, that was nice. No, but it's like, well, who was it? Roosevelt said like, we have nothing to fear, but fear itself. Mm -hmm. It's kind of, that's, it's, it feeds off itself. Like being afraid makes you afraid. Right. And if you are able to put your hope and your trust in Christ and know that he will, he will like bear you along and help you back up when you fall. And when you do become victim to fear and don't think you can do it, he's there to pick you back up and bring you through. And to cast it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So don't worry. Don't worry, guys. Don't be fearful. <laughs> um, I... well, that being said, we should also I definitely pray for those who are suffering persecution and those mm-hmm. who are suffering violence, um, especially for their faith that, you know, we don't, there's a different, not being afraid should not be taken to mean that we don't, that this should happen or that we should no. not want this to happen. Right. Um, I think we, right, we're called to endure terrible situations. We're not, they're not um, favorable, like they're bad things. Yeah. And we, when they happen, we should endure them, but we're not like. Injustice is happening. Like that shouldn't be glossed over. What? I don't know. Go ahead. What does that mean? Like, I mean, just like with the. ISIS attacks and things like that's unjust. Injustice. I thought you said end justice. Oh no. No. Yeah. No, but no. yeah. So, so I just want to make that point. It doesn't mean that like we shouldn't like. Oh, why are these people afraid? They shouldn't be afraid. No. But we should definitely pray for those who are suffering and um, be thankful that you know, we're we don't have to face that kind of persecution. Mm-hmm. Um, but to kind of unite ourselves to them in prayer and to be with them mm-hmm. in whatever way we can. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's all we got, folks. That's good. Only one busted lip this time. <laughs> it's not still bleeding, is it? No. Oh, gosh. <laughs> what is it gross? No, the face you made to try oh. to show me on your... <laughs> where it was bleeding. Oh, I thought I was trying to help. Oh. Well, uh, yeah, so if you guys want to email us, you can. <laughs> <laughs> if you're wondering, we will allow it. <laughs> at halfwaysaintspodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook and find us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook and find us on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter <laughs> at halfway underscore saints. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yeah, we hope. Oh, we hope everyone has a great Thanksgiving. Oh, that's right. And uh, well, that you had a great uh, solemnity of Christ the King. Yeah. Happy feast. Happy feast, everyone. <laughs> but no, and, uh, have a great Thanksgiving. Um, I hope you enjoy your time with your family um, and that you really value that and um, just use that time to be loving and count your blessings. Yeah. 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 Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone.